Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of The Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support the show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links, including the email, will also be in the description. So we just had the release of Monster Hunter Rise. It has kind of taken the world by storm, especially Nintendo, Nintendo Switch owners. So we had to get Sebi back on. Sebi is our resident Monster Hunter Pro. So it will be great to kind of get his opinion on what this game is and what he thinks about this game. And whether I should be ashamed of liking this game and not liking any of the other Monster Hunter games. So what's up, <laughs> Sevi? Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> Yo. So I'll, 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 I'll give it to you straight up. Like, I, I, like, if you can just kind of describe, I guess, what Monster Hunter is for anyone that, you know, doesn't know. And then, yeah, just talk about Monster Hunter Rise and why it's, it's just so amazing and people love it. All right. So uh, Monster Hunter is, uh, I mean, it's all in the title, right? Your uh, your character basically goes around hunting monsters, and uh, you use uh, the parts that you collect from the monsters to craft gear, uh, you know, level up, and uh, that'll allow you to hunt uh, even harder monsters. That's uh, that's the gist of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And in terms, because when did you start playing Monster Hunter League? Do you remember your first game? Oh yeah. So I started playing uh, with Monster Hunter Freedom Unite, which was Freedom basically Unite. that was the uh, Japanese name for Monster Hunter 2 Ultimate. Oh, I see. So the yeah. Wii or something else? Uh, no, that was on the PSP. So oh, I forgot this was a Sony thing. Yeah, so the original <laughs> game was a PlayStation, I want to say 2. Like the uh-huh. original Monster Hunter was a PlayStation 2 game. Uh, and then, you know, PSP came out. And I, I feel like the graphics just kind of translated pretty well from you know that generation to to the portable and so uh they started releasing the games on psp uh for a little bit um not not too many of them actually made it on uh but you know back then they would kind of take their time with the games so uh yeah they had uh they had monster hunter freedom monster hunter freedom 2 and uh freedom unite which was basically two ultimate it's like the it's kind of like Monster Hunter World Ultimate, right? The one that comes with Iceborne, I guess. It's like basically more monsters and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So you know, Worlds is is a bit unique in how they you know made the release for it. But generally, Monster Hunters follow a pretty pretty simple formula. Uh, the game releases, and it'll be low rank and high rank, mm. and you'll you'll be playing that for about a year. And then they would release uh, the ultimate version, which would be low rank, high rank, and G rank. So essentially, they would add like a third difficulty level. Um, so before they, you know, they would it would be a whole separate game. Uh, what we've been seeing lately, you know, starting with World, was that uh, it would download as as DLC essentially, you know, and it would be a, a pretty expensive big chunk of content. Um, you know, and that's that's how to kind of how they went from a separate game to DLC, but you know, similar price point, similar amount of content, um, and I think that's probably what we're gonna be seeing with Rice as well. Yeah. So, do you know do you know anything in terms of the story? Like, is there a story with this game with the series? I guess. <laughs> so, 
full disclosure, I did finish Rise, but I'll oh. try to keep it as spoiler free as possible. Yes. Um, so Rise, I would say, has the most story out of a game uh, after World. So World oh. definitely had the most story by far. Um, this one, you know, they they try to introduce it a little bit, but uh, not too much. And I feel like it's because you know, even though the story uh, and especially the amount of story content in Worlds made it uh, more accessible for new players, it's just not what Monster Hunter is about, you know? When you start exactly. adding story, it kind of it kind of deviates from the main goal of actually hunting monsters. <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember like when you you kind of messaged me at one point when we, were, we both started playing Monster Hunter Rise and you were like, oh yeah, I'm already done with the story. And I was like, wait, like, but you just started playing, and like you said, like the the story in Monster Hunter Rise is is there, but it's not actually that long because I think they realized that hey, the story is there, but there's actually other stuff you need to do with this game. This game is has other things that you you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. So you know the the story is really there to glue together, you know, you going around killing all these monsters. Um, and it's, I'm sure anyone who's played Worlds before will find it very familiar uh, in, in Rice, how they did it. And that, you know, it's kind of like, hey, you know, something's going on, uh, monsters are acting up. And so, you know, we need you, the character, to, to rise up to the situation and, and, you know, help your village, help your people or whatever it is. Um and it, it's always some sort of variation on that. So in mm-hmm. Worlds, there was, uh, I, f- I forget what they're calling it, but uh, it was something similar to the, the rampage that you see in Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah. I forget, was it Titan? No, it wasn't Titans. It was something else. Yeah, it was It was like a, it was a cataclysm. Or, yeah. Uh, you know, something. It was like something, something messing with bad. the ecosystem, basically. I remember some of that. Exactly, yeah. And that's, that's something that Monster Hunter games have had for a while. So... You know, even before the the technical capacity was there for monsters to interact with each other, um, it's something that the game almost threw in more as like written notes and and you know text content for the game where you know like monsters do interact with each other. They they are part of a whole wider ecosystem. Uh, but it was really starting with World that we would see things like turf wars. Uh, you know, larger monsters dominating smaller monsters, fighting for territory, you know, things like that. Um, and so it's it's nice to see that they're, you know, these, I, again, these are elements that have been in the game series since the beginning, but it's really nice to see them evolving that. So we, obviously we can jump into Moth and Arias. So like, well, obviously we'll stay away from the story stuff and uh, we'll be completely honest. Like you and I have both finished the story and the story is there, but it's not like, I just kept pressing A a lot of the times when they were talking about the story stuff because I got the gist of it and I'm like, okay, I just want to, you know, go in and start start fighting the monsters. But from in, in your opinion, you've played basically a, most of them or almost all Monster Hunter games. Where does this rank in terms of your favorite Monster Hunter games so far? Mm, it's definitely near the top. I would okay, say, wow. I would say this is probably like either number two or number three. Okay, wait, series. number one. What's number one then? Number one would have to be Generations. Oh, I see. Uh, okay. Monster Hunter Gen was by far my favorite game. Um, That's also and, a Switch game, right? 
It, it originally launched on 3DS, the original Monster Hunter oh, okay. Gen. Uh, that's the one that in Japan it was called uh, Monster Hunter Cross. And then Double Cross or Gen Ultimate came out for the Switch. I see. And I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll obviously talk about, you know, in terms of for whom this game is, Monster Hunter Rise. And once people get into Monster Hunter Rise, if they should check out any other Monster Hunters, we'll leave that for the end. But in terms of Monster Hunter Rise, like, we'll, we'll just kind of break it down in terms of what was so great about it? What was different about it? Because Monster Hunter World kind of took the world by storm, right? That was kind of the thing that started this craze of Monster Hunter. I think before that, Monster Hunter was popular, but not to the level that, you know, Monster Hunter World got it to. Once Monster Hunter World came out, people like myself, who, had, you know, knew, who kind of knew about Monster Hunter but never got into it, I, was, I got interested in it. So Monster Hunter Rise compared to that and just features-wise, like what's, what's different about it this time? So there's, there's always like, small bits of content that changes in the game um but starting with world we've been seeing a lot of new things coming in uh you know they're, they're really starting to change up uh mechanics uh they want to add new new content in the way of how the, the character fights these monsters you know they they never really take away content they're usually just adding it so you know when when Monster Hunter got up to, I don't know, maybe like Monster Hunter 4, which was the one right before Generations came out. It, it kind of followed a very simple formula where, you know, you, you pick your hunter and then depending on the weapon type that you choose, you're kind of stuck to a set of uh, fighting mechanics. Um, and they're all very unique. You know, up until then, there was around, I don't know, anywhere between 10 to 15 weapons. Um, and new games would add, you know, one or two here and there, and, and that's kind of new content, essentially. Now, when Generations came out, they added, uh, they were called hunting arts. So each weapon type would have three or four unique ways of using that weapon. So that's when we started seeing new mechanics. World, what they did is because they had the capacity for it, they introduced a lot of quality of life changes. Um, things like, for example, uh, you know, auto crafting. So you would pick up like an herb and it would automatically turn it into a potion. Which it needed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, or the little glowing, uh, light bugs. I forget what they were called, but, uh, oh, that, would, that track the monsters. Yeah. It would track the monster for you. Um, things like that. Now with rice, what we've been seeing is a lot of those quality of life changes from world they kept. And some of the things they actually brought back a little closer to what the original game uh, sort of played and felt like. Oh. Um, so so it's it, that's why I like Rise so much. It's very nostalgic, but at the same time, it just feels good to play it. Original Monster Hunter was always a great series of games, but there was a lot of um, you know unnecessary work. For example, like anytime you go on a mission. Uh, you had to bring everything you would need for that mission. So while you're out hunting a monster, let's say you uh, you know you you went too fast and you forgot to pack your potions. Well, now you have to abandon the mission, go back to your town, reset up all your equipment, make sure you bring those potions, and then start it again. So world, you know, they they introduced the um, the hub or uh, the, like the tent where you start your mission at. And so now they're saying, well, you can go inside your tent and you have your full item box. So now you can, you know, switch your equipment on the fly. Or if you use up all your potions, you can go back and get some and keep going on your mission. So we're seeing a lot of those really nice quality of life changes stick around for rice. 
It's uh, surprising it took them this long to keep or put those quality of life things because there have been so many of these games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely been a lot of changes that uh, that they kept for, for the better of the game. I really do feel like it's because of, you know, these new consoles that allow for so much more, you know, better mechanics, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of nice mechanics going and- on. Like one thing I, I want to bring up, bring this up to you as well, because like coming from that background as well, one thing that I really liked, I think uh, one issue I had with Master in the World, like was, it was great, obviously, like I had a great time playing it. Even Iceborne, I played quite a bit of it, although it did get quite challenging towards the end. But mm-hmm. one of the issues that I had with it was, it wasn't like, I don't know if this is because you and I both love Dark Souls, both you and I have played uh, uh, Bloodborne as well. So we love those games, but there's something about getting knocked down in Mother as compared to Dark Souls. When you get do- knocked down in Mother it's like you're down for like a minute. And that Mother <laughs> is that monster has like its own AI and whatever, right? It's gonna it's gonna come charging at you at any point. It's like, all right, it's game over. I'm gonna faint for sure. There's nothing I can do. And with Rise, I love that they put that little hook shot thing. That you oh, as long as you have it, you can get out of there. So from from in your in your opinion, is that ruining the Mother experience? <laughs> Mm, no what it, it, it makes it better because honestly what it does is it lets you keep the fight going without breaking you know your your cycle your speed your you know your back and forth that you're always doing with the monster um you know in previous games when you were downed uh something that a lot of people didn't know is you could stay down so <laughs> for example you know if a monster knocks you down and you're on the ground if you don't move your character <laughs> will stay down and there's only a very few amount of moves that a monster can do that will actually hurt you while you're on the ground. So wow, this is, basically, this is information I did not know. I would try to get <laughs> up immediately, which is why I would get knocked down again. Exactly. So you can get chain locked and you would die because, you know, the harder ranks that you go into, monsters will definitely two-shot you or three-shot you. And so, you know, if you get stuck in a bad chain, you're, you're done, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's something that, that was always in the game is you could just stay down and, you know, miss a hit and then get up at your own pace. But if you think about it, you you know, you just wasted a lot of time. So, you know, you're, you're kind of like, okay, taking a breath, like, all right, let's get back into the fight. Well, Rise says, no, screw that. (laughs) Use your wire bug, get out because, you know, it gives you a, a good amount of distance from you and the monster, or at least wherever you went down. And it lets you keep going, so exactly it, you know, it keeps up that speed. And exactly, it kind of keeps you in that in that moment in that scenario where you kind of find the monster because at that point you know your heart's racing, you're fighting this huge thing, you prepared for it, everything like that. And it it's the worst feeling when you have everything, you have the armor, you have the weapons, and then you, the, the monster does something that knocks you down, and you're kind of knocked down for a second or whatever, and you're like you've got like three birds spinning around your head, <laughs> and you know it's like it's kind of like frustrating because you're like look, I did everything for this. Like, please, please don't get me in this. Like you said, a chain lock thing, right? Where you're just stuck. And I'm, I literally cannot do anything. You need to wait for your palico to kind of knock you back or whatever. So I feel like yeah. sometimes when you're midair and you get pushed by a monster, monster and you're able to kind of use a wire bug, you kind of get back in and it's so much more fast paced. And I think that's actually what makes it so much more appealing for, for new people. So other than the wire bug, I know the other big thing with this is also the palamute which is the dog, basically. And yeah. this is obviously, this is great in terms of, in terms of like, traversal, so you're able to get to the monster. You're just able to, like, move around a lot quicker 
at the same time, the Palamute fights for you as well and does some crazy amounts of damage and, and attacks. But at the same time, the other the thing that I think a lot of people use it for, including myself, is I get on the Palamute whilst I'm fighting the monster and run away for a bit and take my potion or kind of sharpen my 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 weapons. So again, in your opinion, like what what is that? How is that? Does that enhance it or does again is that like something that's taken it away? I, it honestly does enhance it, and it's the Palamute is very much so a quality of life change that they added. Um, so something that older Monster Hunter games would have you do is whenever you were consuming an item, you would have to stand still. And the better the item, the longer it took to use. So if you use a regular potion, yep, it was a quick item, but you were standing still. If you used a mega potion, now you had to stand for a little bit longer. And, and so what ended up happening is you would have to leave the area you were in so the monster wouldn't chase you when you went out to, you know, take a potion or sharpen your blade because all these actions do take time. Now, in the newer games, yes, they added the feature where you can consume items while moving. Now, you do slow down quite a bit, but you can run a little bit. You can, you know, put some distance from where you were standing when you, you know, started the animation, um, which definitely helps. The Palamute takes that to the next level. So actions that previously wouldn't allow you to move, for example, sharpening your blade, you can do while you're moving now because you're on your dog. Um, you can consume potions, pretty much anything you can do on top of the Palamute. I I definitely wouldn't say the Palamute changes much about the actual fighting in and of itself, but it does bring all those quality of life changes that, you know, really enhance the game. It makes it a lot faster, you know. Uh, as you get into higher rank missions, you do need to consume more items to prepare, uh, you know, like potions that, you know, stop your stamina spending, uh, potions to increase your strength, your armor. So, you know, if you can do all of that while you're riding towards the monster, now you're saving, you know, seconds, if not minutes, which, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people is whatever. But a big part of the Monster Hunter community is speed running or, yeah. you know, doing fights that take a really long time in a short amount as possible. Um, so, you know, it's it's just nice things to have for sure. I think the other big thing on top of that was also these things called permabuffs. It's basically, you know, like those little, uh, I don't know, what, what do you, it's like a little insect that you find in the world. And if you route your, your if you map your route accordingly to the monster, you're able to kind of pick up all these permabuffs. So these buffs that you get, that you get for that entirety of that fight or that session. And you can get like, I think what, attack, health, stamina, maybe? Is there anything else? In that yeah there's uh there's health there's stamina there's attack and there's defense yeah um i personally i'm not the biggest fan of the little perma buffs uh-huh. um they're, they're nice to get when they're on your path but you know for someone who's been playing monster hunters for a while uh i'm definitely more of like you know let's see how quickly i can kill this guy so yeah. i personally don't want to spend five minutes you know going like a super long route to get to the monster just so that I can get all these little perma buffs. Yeah. Um, but they are very helpful. They, they do give a good chunk of health, stamina, attack, defense. I think it's just kind of giving that extra level for anyone that's a beginner, I guess. If like, hey, like if you're struggling, look, we put some perma buffs around the map, just go find them and then go fight the monster. Yeah, 100%. And it, it also enhances that gameplay of... Uh, it's almost like that survival element to the game for the people who enjoy it, you know, for people who want to take their time, people who want to go around the map, collecting plants, crafting their potions, making all their, you know, shit on the fly. 
um, you know, there's, there's a large group of people who do enjoy that. And this adds that little extra thing that you can do, you know? Exactly. I think, I mean, one of the biggest things about this Monster Hunter as compared to at least the ones that we got in the past, uh, I mean, you've obviously, obviously played Generations. And this is one thing that I noticed about this game, why I like this game more than Monster Hunter World was that it was on the Nintendo Switch and that was that was it. It wasn't anything about, you know, the graphics look great. It's not like they're amazing, but they look pretty good. But having a game like Monster Hunter on the Switch makes you realize that Monster Hunter should always be on a portable. So I don't know if that's me saying something wrong at this point, mm, mm. <laughs> but I feel like it needs to be on a portable. <laughs> Very controversial here. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Okay, so, I mean, I'm sure you've looked this up before, but, you know, on handheld, it runs at 720p, I I think 30 fps um on docked mode 1080 i believe still at 30 uh mm-hmm. so i mean before i say anything what's your ratio between docked and handheld like how much have you played on either oh handheld is like 80 percent, surprisingly 80%. yeah usually honestly, i would honestly same that, <laughs> yeah right so like usually you like you know me like i i am even for nintendo games a lot of times i always play docked because mm-hmm. i i have a pro controller i want to i like it on the tv everything like that but this game was because there is a bit of grind like there is like you know like i was like uh for a while i was trying to find this the monster called magna malo who's like a really it's like a really intense monster and i was just kind of farming that monster again and again and it's tough, and I was doing it with like, with like just random groups that would join uh, in like that little online thing. Mm-hmm. And like you know, it was like a thing which was you were just doing the same fight again and again to get all the parts. And I was like, yo, I'm just gonna put on, you know, Frasier or something in the background, some TV show in the <laughs> background. I'm just gonna do this for a while, and that's kind of how I got used to it. So I, I'm like, I cannot go to just playing docked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I have a lot of friends who play the game, and they'll all say something different. You know, some people just can only play a dock because the graphics look better and you know you have more screen you can see more um everyone's different personally i started playing the game on handheld pretty much every single monster hunter i've ever played has been on handheld except for worlds which uh you know i played on console and pc um and yeah like the the game is made for handheld especially now that you have uh the consoles that we have so something that's really funny is you know the original psp only had one joystick on it right yeah so they also didn't have uh monster tracking so you know how when you track a monster in rise uh if you play if you press the l button it'll uh automatically like center the camera on the monster so Mm -hmm. that didn't exist back in the day oh my god so you you would play with uh, what's called the claw where you know your thumb <laughs> is on the joystick and then you would bring over your index finger on the d-pad so that you could control the camera while you were playing the game so like <laughs> yeah. you know you would play for like 30 minutes and then your hand was all cramped into a claw and you could barely move it um, this reminds me of the n64 with the mario party you gotta like you get like a little hole in your hand if you play mario party on the yeah. 64 <laughs> from having to like spin the little stick you know exactly yeah so you know that's those are the things we we grew up playing and now it's just so much more easier to play you know it's it's good you have all the controls you need in your hands you can do so much more you know you would never be able to do all the things you can do now on a psp oh, yeah. uh, oh definitely know? i mean so. psp was a great console for sure but 
Like, yeah, like, I have no idea for any 3D game. I think it had a couple of Metal Gear Solid games as well. Like, I have, how do you play 3D games on that now without a second joystick? Mm-hmm. The other thing is that the controls don't really differ too much between handheld and docked. So it is possible to play either, you know, with no change to how you actually interact with the game. You know, if you think back on, like, Zelda, for example, you know, you could use the, the 3D sense to, to aim, right Mm -hmm. or to control if you're using magnetism you would you know move the actual tablet to lift or draw or rotate um you know there you don't have that in this game so regardless of which way you're playing it's not like you have to readjust every time you go from dock to handheld or back um you don't really have to change anything so you know it really lets people just play whichever way they prefer and Mm -hmm. keep switching back and forth personally like i'll be playing on dock mode you know on my tv and then at night it's like you know what like i just want to play a little bit in bed so you just literally take it out and you're continuing the exact same thing exactly but, i think that's a, that's a great thing about this and i think i kind of still like i'm still confused as to why it hasn't happened yet why capcom hasn't put monster in the world on the switch because i don't know it just makes sense at this point i understand that obviously rise is so much better if they can just kind of do like a a remastered version of Modern World and kind of put the wire bug in that, that's like another $60 gone just to buy that game again. Oh, you know I would buy it. That'll be the third <laughs> console I own World in. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. You already have it two places. Yeah, but I, honestly, I don't I don't see that happening mainly because of the maps. So I'm sure you've noticed the maps are pretty different, right? Yeah. Um, world, world maps were amazing, but you know, I put in a lot of hours. Like, I don't even know how many hours, but a lot of hours. And I would get lost every single time. Like, you put me into that forest, and you tell me to get to the top of the tree, and it would take me probably a good 10 to 15 minutes to get to the top Mm -hmm. of the tree. If I didn't have the tracking bugs on or any of that, like, I would get lost there for days. Um, and, and that speaks to how amazingly intricate the maps are. And again, I loved it, but they were very complex. I think that's something the Switch can't handle. Yeah. And to be 100% honest, I prefer the maps in Rice. They're, oh, still, they're still complex. They still have multiple levels. You know, that's, that's something original maps didn't really have all that much. They were, for the most part, pretty flat. But, uh, but they're much more easier to navigate. And it's a lot easier to read things on a map with rice uh, maps, I think. Yeah, no, I, would, I think that's kind of what I noticed was like anytime I would go on a map, especially if I've been like farming in a, a monster or anything like that, I would actually kind of like Dark Souls or, or even Sekiro, you kind of start to memorize the maps mm-hmm. and you just kind of know where everything is. You know, there's an ore here, you know, there's like a bone here that you can take this, you know, where all, all these resources are along the way as you go to wherever this monster is. And with Monster Hunter World, like you were kind of bringing it up, that that was a big issue because, like, I would I like was playing Monster Hunter World for a while, and I was just farming stuff. And after a while, I was just so confused. I'm like, wait, do I need to go downstairs? Wait, no, is that on the third level or is that the fourth level? Mm-hmm. And even for the fourth level, you gotta take this little like pathway that gets you to fourth level. It was so it was great in terms of what they were trying to do. I get what they were trying to do, trying to make it you know a big world. It was it was called Monster Hunter World. But like at the, at the end of the day, I was like, yo, I just want to get to this monster or I just want to yeah. get to the resource. I don't care about any other things that you're showing. I, I look cool, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was amazing. Like, again, not not complaining at all because it was so good. 
but I do still prefer the the map design for Monster Hunter Rise. It's it's the same idea, but with just a little bit more simplicity. And again, like if you start exploring the lava caverns in Monster Hunter Rise, like they're still pretty intense. You you can get lost in there too. But there's oh, it's yeah. a lot easier to get out. It's a lot easier to find a monster. Or if the monster switches area, it's a lot quicker to get to the monster again. So that's I think, what I like better. One thing definitely is for sure is like the game does look very good. Like it, it was surprising when I saw the game running on on the Switch, and I was like, "Damn, this is at 30 FPS, like locked." And it was it was using the RE engine that's been used in Resident Evil Seven, uh, and I think Resident Evil Eight. I believe I don't know if it was used in Monster World. I'm not 100 percent sure, but you know you can imagine just by how good Resident Evil Seven looks like that this was actually a well made game. It looked really good. So I was like. Okay, if this can handle this, like, what, just throw anything at the switch. Like, we do we need a switch pro at this point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm still most likely gonna get it when it releases for PC, just because I do want to max out these graphics. Yeah, 60 um, FPS. <laughs> not gonna lie, like I did find a little bit of frame rate dips in Rise here and there. Um, not that big a deal, especially you know once you put in a couple hours, you kind of just tune it out and and get used to it. But uh, when I started, it was noticeable, like, oh, yeah, this this isn't, like, it's 30 FPS, and it dips here and there, depending on the area. Um, so it was a little bit annoying, but uh, to be honest, like, once you start playing in handheld, you just forget about all that. Exactly. It's, it's less of a concern on handheld versus when you're on your, you know, Master Race PC. That's when you're really <laughs> like, no, I need every FPS. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, I think that's a great thing about the Nintendo Switch is because it does kind of remind you that you're playing a game because it's a game. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's not about making sure that everything's running at 4K or 1440p, 144 hertz or whatever it is. It's like, no, 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 you just you just enjoy the game, have fun, and that's it. You're going to get your money's worth with this game. No, and, like, I think and you will. I, I think I start seeing that dip, like you're mentioning, when I uh, I got that blast sword. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a demonic blast sword or whatever. And like every time you would kind of hit right a couple of times, the blasting would happen. And every time like the, the, the frame would kind of dip, but it was kind of like an indicator to me that I'm like, Oh, I got some damage. Anytime <laughs> the frame would stutter. So it was kind of a good feeling to me in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I caused that dip. <laughs> exactly. I did it on purpose. So we, I, I, we should definitely talk about the rampage thing because that's like a new concept, I guess, in Moss Hunter, uh, almost kind of like a tower defense thing. Like, what do you think about this? Because, I, yeah. like, in my honest opinion, I thought it was cool, but I would have preferred, hey, give me, like, a big monster instead. Like, I saw what they were trying to do, but it was just not something that I was able to kind of fully get into, even though I still did it. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. The The large monsters were are definitely very nostalgic. Um, You know, if you remember the, what was it called? Zora, Zora Mac... Magnaros, yeah. Yes, the Sora Magnaros. That's kind of what uh, they would do for these large event quests in previous games. Um, you know, there would be like a giant dragon where like you could only hit like one foot at a time because it was so big, or like a giant crab that again you would only like you would focus on one foot at a time, uh, and then you would use like all the cannons to hit their shell kind of thing. Um, that's what old games used to do. Monster Hunter Rise brought in the uh, the Rampage quest, which, like you mentioned, are the they're kind of like a tower defense. There's like a small path for the monsters to go through, and you set up uh, towers uh, here and there. Um, personally, I I do enjoy them. I feel like they're pretty well done. Um, 
they're a little bit shallow. I wish there was a little bit more change to it, maybe a longer map with more of a path so that you could kind of like, you know, like, oh no, they broke it through a gate, so I got to move down more. Um, currently, I, there's only like two map areas with, I believe, three gates total. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a little short. Um, it's kind of more like, I have to down every monster, and if any of them get through, it's like, well, you're most likely fucked now. Yeah. Um, so, but I do, I do enjoy them, and I think they have a lot of potential. So, what I think is going to happen is we're going to be seeing a lot of rampage quests dropping in uh, when they start releasing event missions. Yeah, I, I think like like going off of that, like it is like it has like a fun element. Which I did like about like okay I'm gonna I have like all the resources I gotta use it and everything like that. But initially when it first started, the one thing I always kind of was confused about was that they would give you barely any resources at the start. It's like okay you have like a few people that you can place here and there. You can get like AI to kind of help you out. Uh, yeah. You have a few of them you can place here and there. And everything else is like okay you have to like just man the gun there. And like that's great. But I was like like I would have been if it was like a full tower defense thing where it was like I was it was like almost like an overview perspective. Where it's like, hey, place everything you want to place, everything like that, uh, based on what you want to do. And then based on situation, you can jump in, fight a little bit and come out. I would be like, oh, that's pretty awesome. It's like, you know, you're like almost like a general of the army. Yeah. And you're kind of deciding. So that's what I was hoping was going to happen. But when I was like in there, I'm like, wait, I need to I need to quickly jump down because that monster is in front of the gate. I'm just fighting the monster. <laughs> where this one AI is just trying to hit the monster and it's like hitting like every like 10 minutes or 10, like it's like, they, they would like, I swear, I think my AI just hated me or something. Because <laughs> they would like throw like a cannon at him and just wait for like a little while. I'm like, dude, I've used a cannon. You can press X again and again. Just use a cannon, man. Spam the cannon, man. Exactly. Just keep spamming them. Instead, I'm just like, oh my God. And I wish the rewards would have been a little better because you do get some good gear, good stuff from the main monster. There's like a main monster that you find that rampage thing. But like, I'm like killing all these other monsters in a sense and you barely get anything. I'm like, dude, come on, like give me something else, man. I'm fighting all these monsters. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is all true. Um, so something I've noticed uh, from from playing some of the uh, later game Rampage quests is that I think all Rampage missions were initially designed purely for a full group of four. And then scale down so that some of them or most of them are achievable. You can complete them on your own, but it, it loses the fun in it. Um, they starting with the fact that they don't let you fill up all the slots with uh, the auto turrets. You know, mm -hmm. you have to pick and choose. So there's clearly leftover space, which again is for all the other people that you should have with you. Um, but the other thing uh, is, you know, that y you need the people there to kind of coordinate between the different styles of turrets. So, you know, as you progress through the Rampage mission, you start leveling up your stronghold, like your, your base, and that unlocks different turrets. But you need a combination of everything. You know, you need the, the short-range cannon. You also need the long-range, you know, uh, ballista. Um, so you, you do need all of them. And so it, ultimately, they are way more fun with the full group. Um, now, as for the rewards, I mean, it, it is true that you don't get what you think you're going to get. Like, you're so used to killing a monster and getting monster parts to craft gear. Um, but the Rampage missions, generally, the main thing that they drop are those tickets, the, the Village Defender tickets. 
I'm pretty deep in the game. There's not a lot to use them for except for uh, farming items that are not set in stone. So, you know, a, a huge part of the game is min-maxing, right? You you start mm -hmm. with your character, and as you build gear, you're always trying to, like, max out those specs. You're always like, that. oh, that one more point in damage, you know? Um, and uh, late game, and, and this is true for a lot of the, the most recent Monster Hunter games, the, the end game of Monster Hunter is all about crafting, like, talismans, which is, like, that last piece of gear that has random stats and those tickets are really useful for that part of the game mm -hmm. so that's where i see rampage really coming in you know as a big part of the game is for end game and it's mainly to get those tickets so that you can craft your your talismans i mean that makes sense i think it's kind of like kind of keeping it aside because it, the, the rampage missions are just a few of them like especially the main story stuff for the low rank stuff uh we only have like, like i think maybe once or twice and like I remember, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. It was like pretty simple to kind of do as well, even if you're doing it on your own. And like the main boss or the stuff that you fight in the end, which is kind of funny because the way I played it was because I was like, "Yo, Monster World was tough," and I didn't realize that Monster, maybe maybe it was just a, my approach to it because Monster Rise felt a little bit easier for some reason. Um, even some of the high rank stuff that I was doing, it was what I what I started doing just to be prepared was I'm gonna go to the hub, which is like this. You get like a separate set of missions in this hub area, which is meant to be played with other people. You can play them solo, but ideally you play them with other people and they can, you can match make and stuff like that. So I would go in that solo area first, see all the monster monsters that I need to fight in the, in the main campaign and just go to the, go to the hub and fight them with people. And then maybe farm it a little bit, fight it a couple of times to get an idea what the movesets are and then do the solo mission. So I did that with, 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 the, with one of the main, uh, main uh, monster that we get in the in the campaign I, for that monster i was fighting that monster many 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 times and i was like oh wait this is the final one okay and i i'm literally geared up with that monster's like armor and weapons and, I, and they, they were like pretending like i'm seeing this monster for the first time i'm like okay let's do this i beat the monster we get like credits i'm like okay i, I guess i'm done <laughs> yeah well yeah, I mean, the, the, there is no set order for how you should do the missions, you know. You have your village quest, which is purely the solo campaign, and then you have your gathering hub, which is meant for being groups. Um, you know, there, there's no required order for how to do things. Generally, in older games, you would go through everything in the village first because uh, the gathering hub missions would not scale down. So the difficulty and, you know, so like the amount of health that the monster has, how hard they hit, everything was all based on you being in a group with three other people. And so there was no point in attempting anything like that unless you were either really good or you already had gear for it, or at least for that level. Um, now in new games, so Rise and I believe starting with World, uh, it all scales down to however many people you have in your group. And... Mm -hmm. It's good because, you know, I think they did it because you can join missions midway. You know, you can send out a SOS or the join request and people can join you. Um, but it does let you play more of the game solo. Personally, I, I miss the difficulty in doing some of that stuff solo. Like, you know, mm -hmm. something that was meant for four people. When you beat that by yourself, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm the best. <laughs> of course. Uh, I, I do I do miss that difficulty there. But uh but it's okay. I mean, the game really is meant to be played with four people. So, 
I, I, I do agree with like some of the fights. I remember there were a couple of like the, the like monsters that we fought in like in a group of four or whatever, or like whenever you do the matchmake thing. And it, it finished in like six minutes. I remember there was one fight that finished in five minutes because everyone was so geared up. And I was like, this is, I don't know, this just did not feel like Monster Hunter. Like it just felt really off. I'm like, yo, are we doing something wrong? Did I put a cheat code in? <laughs> because it's supposed to be so challenging. So like, yeah, obviously it does. It definitely takes away. But again, like I've, I've just touched the surface of high rank and you have faced a high rank. So I think from that, we can move on to basically the big question is like, it, what if someone has not played Monster Hunter? Should they play this game? And I'll, first, I'll let you answer that, and I'll ask you the next one. Yes, 100%. Everyone <laughs> should try Monster Hunter at some point in their lives. Even if you don't like RPGs, you don't like action games, I don't care. Like, You need to try this game, because there's something for everyone in Monster Hunter. You know, there's there's badass monsters, there's cute little cats that fight by your side, <laughs> you know, there's dogs that you can ride into battle. Like, there, It has everything uh monster hunter is great it they used to be such a niche game with such a hard barrier of entry for people that you know they they took a while for monster hunter to get as big as it should have been personally i don't think it's there yet i think you know it's it's better than most people think it is but everyone needs to try it because monster hunter is the best no exactly and i completely agree because i was unchanged after monster Hunter world i was like okay it's fun I got it, but like I never, it never hooked me like it did a lot of people. But Monster Hunter Rise was the one. Like it became my game that, like I probably put in maybe 25, 20, maybe 20, 25 hours, maybe a bit more. But it's like, but that's like me playing the game for 20, 30 minutes every day. I'll go in, I do a couple of monsters, and I'm like, all right, I'm done. And it just became, that's why I love the Switch so much. And I, I think Switch is so perfect for this because it became that game that you just kind of jump in for a little bit. You don't need to sit for four or five hours to play if you don't want to, right? You can just play for a little bit and feel like you achieved something because every time i jumped in i killed a monster i got some gear perfect and like this is like like i think the next thing was that i know this is for newcomers for new people that are joining monster rise is a perfect place to start but what if you got into monster rise and you really enjoyed it is there a monster game that you should jump into next or is it gonna be a big big change to go from rise and like to say something like generations or even monster world I think anyone starting with Rise or starting with Worlds even would not enjoy older games, um, unless you you just enjoyed putting in the work, you know. Uh, that because really that's what it comes down to. Uh, in older games, you would spend a lot more time in the village preparing for missions. Mm -hmm. uh, so I mean, if if that sounds like fun to you, then you know by all means play the older games because keep in mind. Every game has new monsters, and every game they take out monsters. So if you go to check out any older Monster Hunter games, there will be familiar monsters, but there will be some sweet old monsters that, you know, I miss. I, I miss so many <laughs> of the old monsters. My hope is that someday they'll release a Monster Hunter game that brings back every single monster that has been in the games. And that will be like the ultimate Monster Hunter. <laughs> I, I do wonder like what their plan is because I know they are releasing more monsters this month itself. Um, and like yep. a new title update or whatever. But is a plan to kind of keep to point this game by just releasing monsters every month? Or what if they just take like a, a battle pass approach or maybe like a season pass approach and say, hey, just pay us this much. And we'll just keep supplying you guys with monsters. <laughs> Uh, I, I think it's going to be something similar to what Worlds did for DLC. So Monster Hunter has uh, forever been amazing at dropping regular content. Um, 
either new monsters, which again have already been announced for Rise, or old monsters in new event missions. Um, and they do start to get pretty funky. So, you know, in older games, something they would do is, uh, you know, you would fight uh, three of the same monster, but they're the same size as your character now. So instead of being oh. huge, they'll be like super tiny, but you have to fight three of them at the same time. Uh, oh, that's or pretty cool. one massive, massive monster, you know, like they would just do silly stuff like that. And that would just be like, oh, here's like a, a free couple of missions for you. Um, they they would introduce monsters like, hey, here's a new monster for you to try out. Uh, you have to be this strong and higher. So that's how they keep the game alive. But, you know, once the time comes, they'll drop Iceborne. They'll drop uh, Monster Hunter Rise G or Ultimate or whatever they were going to call it. And that's going to be like, hey, here's a pack, 10 new monsters, new maps, higher level content, higher level weapons. You know, it'll be like a full new game almost. Um, which, you know, for sure is coming at some point. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think they, they supported Monster Hunter World quite well. So I'm pretty, I'm surprised that, like, they already didn't kind of introduce something like that because I thought going into Monster Hunter Rise, they'd be like, oh, yeah, by the way, we have an expansion coming out end of this year or something like that. But I guess because of the pandemic and everything like that, I think everything did get slowed down in a mm-hmm. sense. So they're probably just like, okay, we've got to wait. Like, I actually don't know if this game will come out on consoles because... Um, I was because I know it's coming out on PC, but I was reading stuff here and there that a lot of people are choosing to wait for a PS5 version or an Xbox version. Do you think that's going to be happening? I think so. I I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, it is weird that they announced PC next and not uh, not other consoles. But I think they might just have like some exclusivity with nintendo i think that's very probable it's possible they've they've released other monster hunter games and on nintendo alone before um i mean regardless of whether it happens or not i think it will push the timeline back so you know when when the original monster hunter world dropped we didn't get the pc port for i think it was like a year so like yeah it, it was a good amount of time and we didn't see the expansion pass drop till maybe a year after that um so they it did push the timeline back from what people are used to Mm -hmm. um i think it's very likely what we're going to be seeing with rice you know pc port after a year and then maybe you know close to a year later the the expansion pass um but that's okay because again they're really good at dropping regular content so as long as they can keep that same speed up people will not get bored of monster hunter i mean it's it's a game of repetition by nature but as long as you can keep introducing little bits like, hey, you know, stick with the game just a little longer, like something big's coming. As long as they can do yeah. enough of those, like they're set. Perfect. Now, for the last like three or four minutes of this podcast, I want to kind of give you the mic and let you kind of tell us about a game that someone that not, maybe we're not playing or we're not we're not like checking out other than Moss Hunter, of course, that you think we should be playing or checking out or anything that you're playing that you think would be cool for someone else to check out. Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I know we're, the, in terms of game, the landscape it's been a little barren-ish, and I think start, I think things are starting to come out soon. So I know it's like it's hard to pick, but <laughs> yeah, honestly, I have not been playing anything but Monster Hunter lately. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know what to say there. <laughs> it's it's I literally think... just been all Monster Hunter. But, I think exactly. So Rise is a is the first pick. Yeah, Rise is definitely the first pick. 
now I do have a couple games that uh, I've been looking to start playing right now and I don't know I just haven't found the time for it so um, they're actually older games I really want to play through Dragon Age Inquisition again yes and I know best Dragon Age. <laughs> yeah I know we've talked about it in previous episodes but man that game is so damn good um, I really want to play that and I've also been thinking of playing through uh, Fallout again Fallout 4 Oh, okay. Fallout 4. That's an interesting choice. I thought you were going to be saying New Vegas or 3. No, no. New Vegas is great. 3, I'm not the biggest fan of. 4 is... I just want to play it purely for nostalgia reasons. uh, Because I have platinum the game. Mm -hmm. And so I've basically seen everything you can do in that game. And I spent so much time in it that I just miss it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember that time. I remember when you platinumed it and I tried platinuming it, but I'm like, okay, this is this is too complicated. I can't do this no more. Yeah, like I, I went through every possible ending, every storyline, like I every collectible, like I had all of it. Um and you know, once you spend so much time in a game, like, you know, it just becomes a part of you now. Like I, I really just want to play through those games again. So when Fall 5 comes out and it's uh, and it's an Xbox exclusive, it's only on the console, let's assume. Will you be picking up the Series X? Oof. <laughs> Oof. I'm not trying to call any beef, okay? We, we, both, we love all consoles. We love all consoles. We love all PCs. Don't worry. Big question. <laughs> Big question. Uh, yeah, I, maybe. Maybe. You know what? It's a tough one to say because uh, some of these new company acquisitions have really kind of fucked me up a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I saw Xbox Series X available on, on Walmart, I'm like, should I, should I press buy? Should I buy that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, that definitely went on your cart for a second. <laughs> it did. It definitely did. I took it away from some kid. Some kid probably had it on their cart, and I took it away, put it in mine. I'm like, nah, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. You know what? Have a bad kid. All yeah. yours. <laughs> that kid probably gave up. like, damn it. My, it went away from my cart. <laughs> no, I mean I again like obviously I love all consoles. I do wanna I do wanna get a Series X in general just because I like having all consoles. But I think I think slowly slowly Microsoft is swaying me because like of games like Outriders, which is only available on Game Pass on the console, and then MLB the show, which is which was a PS exclusive, also available only on the console on Game Pass. In my brain, I'm like, wait, what if the new Resident Evil game that I'm pretty excited for which I, I would be spending $80 Canadian plus tax. <laughs> what if that's available on Game Pass? You know, what if uh, there's been rumors that the new Battlefield game that comes out this year is going to be available on Game Pass day one. And I'm like, that's all, like, when you when you add up, because especially because all these games have crossplay, and you add it up, that saves you, if you buy a con- X3ZX, that saves you a lot of money. Yeah, uh, so that's I'm, true. That's true. I, know, that's, I guess that's my PSA. My PSA is watch out, Sony. Sony, watch <laughs> out, okay? Watch out for Microsoft. They're coming through like a train. Please fix your shit. Release God of War. God of War 2 and maybe we'll talk. Hey, man. It's it's all healthy competition. And, you know, if it pushes me to get that console, then, you know, well done. <laughs> I know, exactly. Otherwise, this money would just get wasted on us trying to buy an, an RTX 3080 or whatever. So it's good. Someone stop us. Let us buy a console instead. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I wouldn't be mad about it, you know. I got yeah. pushed into buying an Xbox. Like, oh well, here we go. <laughs> I guess I have to buy it. We're like, this is like yeah, sitting yeah. on Ivory Thrones over here. I guess I gotta buy it now. Damn Gosh, it! You're gonna twist my arm, I guess. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sebi. We will have you again on the show. Hopefully, to talk about Dragon Age Inquisition. Hopefully, on the time when a new Dragon Age is actually fully, fully announced with a release date. So, thank you so much for joining. It really oh, means yeah. a lot. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
I will see you next time. Bye. All righty. Bye.